my personal experience growing up in like the Christian faith is there are so many things that we don't allow Christianity to touch, right? Um, and there are things that we really try and force Christianity to touch, especially from a political standpoint, um, such as like abortion, you know, gay marriage, all those things. I grew up where Christianity was really trying to force its hand on those specific policies. But on the flip side, Christianity didn't really attack and go towards like, how do we create policy or input policy that's going to change like childhood poverty or adoption? Or um, are we going to like pass laws that make, you know, the wealthy have to give their fair share? Like things that I think are maybe sometimes a little more important than some of the things that we focus on as Christians. Welcome to the Rethinking Christianity podcast, a home to conversations focused on rethinking, challenging, and engaging with Christian thought. You can visit us on Instagram and Facebook at Rethinking Christianity Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Fine, and thank you for tuning in to today's episode. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Rethinking Christianity. I think this is episode number 40, so we've made it to the big 4-0. If you've been tuning in to all the episodes, thank you for sticking along. Started this thing in like 2020 when COVID happened, uh, and I've gotten to talk to a lot of really awesome people since then and worked through my own faith, and uh, yeah, and I'm still doing it somehow. Uh, I still don't have answers to all my questions, but here we are, episode number 40. Thank you for for tuning in, coming along this journey with me. Um, last episode, episode 39, we had Heather Hamilton on, who is an author who just recently put out a book called Returning to Eden, A Field Guide for the Spiritual Journey. When me and her first started doing that interview, when I was introducing her, I had to like rename the, the title like three or four times because I kept getting it wrong. So I got it right this time. But Really interesting interview. If you haven't got a chance to go check it out, I'd encourage you to do so. She explores spirituality from a a different viewpoint and a perspective from her story uh, and where she's at personally in her faith. Uh, So I encourage you to to check that out. If you haven't followed us on Instagram, subscribed on YouTube, given us a review or rating on Spotify or podcast, wherever you listen or tune in, please do so. It's very helpful in, you know, other people finding the podcast that are working through their faith and maybe in a similar place that you are as you're working through if if the podcast is helpful for you, which I hope that it is. So yeah, if you if you hadn't done that, go ahead and, you know, share this with somebody, follow us. We're on TikTok, we're on Instagram, uh, we're here on YouTube and on Apple and Spotify, wherever you listen. So Today's episode is going to be just me talking through some different thoughts that I've had uh, and some different realizations, I think, uh, lately in my own faith. So the first thing that I want to talk about is if you haven't kind of been paying attention at all in Christianity recently in the news, there's been stuff going on with the Asbury revival. So you give a little background of what this revival is or what it's being called a revival. You know, I've heard different debates on, you know, what what that even means or whatever. And I want to get into that. But a little backdrop of what's going on is at Asbury, it's a college, it also has a seminary there. Uh, it's a Christian school where there was a chapel service taking place. And if you didn't go to a Christian school, I did. Um, we would have chapel on Wednesdays. And honestly, I hardly went. So it is kind of a miracle that they got that many people to come to chapel because I never went to chapel and I went to a Christian college. But what ended up happening is they had these worship services and there was a sermon given. And following the sermon, the response time 
or the, re- the call to response that usually happens at the end of a service. From, from what I can tell, they continued worshiping, and this worship continued on and turned into this weeks and weeks kind of thing um, where people were not leaving. And the big catalyst of what made this blow up, it kind of seemed, was how viral it went on social media. And I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing, but it definitely seems like uh, social media did have a huge influence on the amount of people that ended up going out to Asbury and ended up going and checking out this uh, thing. So all of this is going on and, you know, there's responses to it. There's, you know, people saying, oh, it's it's not right because all they're doing is worshiping. They're not sharing the gospel. Then there's people saying, oh, it's like spiritual healing and breakthrough and all these different things are happening. And so there's a lot of response to it. Um, But my thinking is along the lines of, I just have a few different angles that I want to take on it. And the first one is, I think that everyone should have an opportunity to have like a spiritual experience. Um, And everyone has the right to like be part of something that can strengthen their faith. Um, or whatever it, that looks like impacts their faith in whatever way. I mean, um, you know, we ideally, we think that these things always have a positive impact on people's faith. Maybe maybe for some it didn't. So I think everyone should have a right to that. But I also think naturally when you have something that blows up like this, it's on like Fox News, CNN, um, I've seen it all over TikTok and social media, you're going to have responses to it and people are going to like give their viewpoint as I'm doing right now. Um, but I think that the people that participated in that, I think those are the people that are, can give the best perspective from an individual level. And so what I mean by that is it can only be really determined by the individual if this event at Asbury has an impact on them, right? So you can go to a worship service and be there present for a long extended period of time. But the question that I would ask is, does that mean anything, right? Like, does it mean anything that you sat in a worship service for hours on end? Does that that mean that people's lives have changed? Does that mean that there are things going on spiritually that's happening? Uh, and so I think asking hard questions is important, but I don't ask questions towards the event as a whole. I would ask questions towards, like, the individual. And the second thing that I kind of want to think through is, what what is a revival? What does a revival even look like? And what does that word even mean? Because I saw a tweet by, I think it was Zach Lambert, and he said basically along the lines of, like, if there are no, like, things that come from this, like, serving orphans and widows and serving the poor and doing things to impact society and bring about the kingdom of God here on earth, you didn't really participate in a revival. You just participated in a really long worship service. And so the question that I would ask then is, what is revival? What does that word mean? What does that look like? And are we really too quick to label something, especially, you know, in evangelical circles like, oh, that's a revival because there's a lot of young people gathering at a worship service. So what, what is that? So I think that for individuals, the question that I would ask is anytime that I've gone to something and I've been impacted emotionally from a Christian perspective or in a worship service, I have to ask myself, am I emotional to a point that it's going to cause me to do something? Or am I like having an experience spiritually that it's going to move me towards looking like Jesus more in the way that I treat people, the way that I live, the way that I um, serve others, the way that I truly carry the message of Jesus with my life and my actions, not just me participating in a service. So if it doesn't lead to like this real like change, 
like what is the point then that that would be my question is like if it doesn't lead to individual change which every individual has a right to participate and have a spiritual experience and a journey without anyone critiquing it i i would ask for myself included is when these spiritual things happen or we call these things revival one what is a revival and two what does that look like to live that out? And are we qu- too quick to label it? And I think some of the virality of social media and, and things blowing stuff up, I think that that causes something to, um, you know, maybe cause us to label things too quickly. So Asbury Revival, I think, you know, I have nothing negative to say um, per se. I do have questions about it. And I do wonder, you know, is this really going to cause change? Because for my, my personal experience growing up in like the Christian faith, is there are so many things that we don't allow Christianity to touch, right? Um, and there are things that we really try and force Christianity to touch, especially from a political standpoint, um, such as like abortion, you know, gay marriage, all those things. I grew up where Christianity was really trying to force its hand on those specific policies. But on the flip side, Christianity didn't really attack and go towards like how do we create policy or input policy that's going to change like childhood poverty or adoption or um, are we going to like pass laws that make you know the wealthy have to give their fair share like things that I think are maybe sometimes a little more important than some of the things that we focus on as Christians so there is so much of Christianity that we don't allow to touch and the question that I would have then is is revival really a revival until we allow Christianity to touch the things that we often are hesitant to allow it to touch, such as like a lot of the social aspects that we participate in comfortably in America that we have privilege to. Like uh, white evangelicals, for the most part, we're pretty comfortable in the society and the systems that we have in place. And what if revival was allowing those things to be challenged so that we would then be a little more uncomfortable, but allowing others that maybe suffer in a system to maybe have a easier way of life. So that that's my thoughts on revival is like revival can't just be more like it can't be just like you sitting in a worship service for a long period of time because I don't know what that really brings about. It's not it's hard for me to like understand tangibly and, and unless I were to talk to individuals. So those are my questions like what what is it? What is revival? Do we, why do we not let it be touched sometimes? The things that uh, we are so comfortable in. So revival is an interesting thing. Everyone's been talking about it. The second thing that I kind of want to look at today is I saw like this clip from, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Rhett and Link, but they do these like uh, videos where originally they put out these videos on deconstruction. uh, And in their deconstruction stories, they kind of like do an update every year or so. Uh, and I've I've watched some of them. I haven't watched every single one of them. But the first one that I watched, I remember watching it when they kind of like came out right before COVID. Um, and I remember it really, really challenging my own personal faith and my own personal experience um, because I had never ha- heard anyone really put into words the things that I was questioning and the things that I was dealing with. Um, and so in this video, I want to look at real quick. I'm going to play a short clip and I'm going to talk through some of the stuff that I'm personally uh, working through and reconciling is this clip from Link who he talks about kind of walking like like I guess disconnecting himself from um, this kind of thinking or this kind of 
living within uh, Christian evangelicalism. So let's, I'm going to look at that real quick. When we first started talking about our, our spiritual journeys, it, it was very much like that buzzword of like deconstruction and mm-hmm. like, like mm-hmm. Breaking, breaking things down from my um, evangelical upbringing that I've discovered that I would be better off shedding. I mean, v- very specifically, just like guilt and shame. Mm-hmm. Like this perceived um, constant judgment, whether it comes from God or from, you know, um, people that I respect. Um, and, and I think most constantly myself, mm-hmm. my inner critic, if you want to call it. Um, and as I've, as I mentioned at the end of, last year like therapy's been really good for me over the past year like it's just really started to click into place um with with my therapist and things are going really great there and one of the exercises that we've worked on is just um discussing it unpacking it but also kind of getting in my body with it and breathing have a breathing exercise where I breathe in self-compassion and I breathe out self-judgment, discovering that it, it, it kept coming up so much that I was so hard on myself. So, um, it was so ingrained that, yeah, my default position is, is bad. I'm a bad, I'm, I'm bad at my core. Mm. Um, and it just permeated so much of how I lived my life, how I felt and how I held myself. Yeah. So that's really, so his perspective is he talks through here. I think something that for me personally, I've been thinking through lately and I can reflect and look back on different places in my life where the way in which I felt about something, you know, I would relate it to like, is this God giving me this feeling or is God giving me this conviction? And it would cause me to call into question a lot of things in my life where it would cause so much anxiety that I, I really at times couldn't function because I would be struggling so much with trying to figure out if what I was doing was right or wrong. Um, because at the end of the day, I, I, you know, the idea in Christianity of like what he mentions is we're bad at our core, that we're wrong, that we can't trust ourselves. There's no none good, no, not one. That's the Bible verse that gets quoted a lot. And so I think it's really interesting for, for me to hear that from someone who's kind of deconstructed and moved away from kind of the traditional Christian faith and Christianity. Um, for me, like, you know, I'm not at a place where I'm wanting to walk away from following Jesus. But I think that like my shifting in my mindset is I don't have to put so much pressure on myself to be what a culture has told me that I need to be or what a certain sect of Christianity has told me I need to believe or whatever. And for him, you know, it is interesting to hear how like he has had to go to therapy to talk through some of these things of like this 
this idea being ingrained in many people's head that like they're bad, that they're not good, that they're they are rotten to the core is kind of the the idea in some tenets of Christianity, specifically in the Reformed um, kind of camp. Uh, and it's that idea that we have embraced the sin of Adam and that we are all wrong and that uh, atonement was paid for by Christ through his blood, through his ship. So that's what that's rooted in. But for me, I've I've really been lately thinking through this idea of like, what if I didn't put so much pressure on myself or or what if places in my life where I thought it was God making me feel that way, it really wasn't. It was just anxiety that had been created over the course of time because I had believed something that people told me and I connected it to a feeling. I don't know if this makes sense, but, you know, when he talks through this, I know many people that have like been working through this and trying to understand this and kind of have like a different shifting of mindset in how they view their Christianity. And I think that this is really interesting for me because for myself, there have been many moments and places in my faith where I've just felt guilt and I've felt shame. And it's even like kept me from exploring certain topics and certain things within my own personal faith because there's like this kind of like this fear um, to to wrestle with those things or to question those things because those are things I can't touch or those are things that um, give me kind of an anxiousness to even talk about. And I, I know a lot of people wrestle with that. So when I heard this clip, I was just kind of taken back to like, for myself, you know, I deal with that. I wrestle with that. I struggle with that. And I, I know there's many other people that wrestle and struggle with that idea that, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of guilt and shame and judgment that comes with being a part of Christianity. And unfortunately, you know, I don't think like that's what it was was meant to be. And it's unfortunate, but it's not what it was meant for us to live out. And I don't think following Jesus means to carry around all this weight and this shame and this guilt. And honestly, it's like a shame and guilt that has been created by a culture and by a context, not by Jesus himself. So for you, like, you know, I would encourage you if you deal with that, um, don't feel alone because I deal with that. Um, I've talked with my wife about some of this stuff and she wrestles with that. Like looking back at things in our life and decisions that we've made out of a place of maybe fear and guilt um, because we thought, you know, a certain feeling was connected to conviction and God when maybe that's not necessarily the case. So that's that's kind of something. And I heard this. I was like, that's really interesting. That's something that I'll kind of want to speak about. Because I know there's many other people that wrestle with that and of this letting go of this like this fear-based faith um, that isn't helpful and it. it's not what is intended. So you know, I, I go listen to the rest of these. You know, you can go back. I think they have like several years worth of these deconstruction stories where they're talking through their spiritual experiences. But for me personally, you know, as I think through my faith and the two kind of topics that we have looked at like this idea of revival and this idea of like fear and shame and judgment, you know, from the revival side of things, I want to see, you know, Christianity, if it's called to be something bigger, you know, if it's called to bring about change, then I think that there's more to that than just being at a worship service. There's more to that than sitting in a week long service. If, if, if what doesn't come from that is not people changing people living out and challenging the systems that we live in then is it really revival um and i think in some ways that culture is what kind of creates a lot of this fear and shame and guilt and and things like that so i could be wrong in that but i think that that's true in some cases and then 
in in thinking on what we just kind of mentioned with what Link mentioned in that video, if you wrestle with this guilt and shame thing, you don't have to live in that. And you aren't alone either because I wrestle with it. So, you know, today was just kind of me honestly just spitting out some different things and thoughts and just reacting to some different stuff. But, you know, I hope that the interviews that we keep putting out, if you haven't had a chance, I encourage you to go back and listen to Heather and mine, uh, our interview on her new book. Um, go back and re-listen to some old episodes if you aren't caught up. Um, but I appreciate anyone that listens to this podcast because this podcast was started um, with me wrestling through my faith and it's continued as I am wrestling through my faith. There are many questions and doubts and like I just mentioned, fears and anxieties that I wrestle with as I'm doing this podcast. And so, um, you know, any feedback I get from you, I appreciate it. Any encouragement I get from you, I appreciate it. I appreciate any people that find this podcast helpful. I hope that, you know, some of the thoughts I give are not short-sighted or me being judgmental. Um, these are just my honest thoughts. So until next time, thank you for tuning in to Rethinking Christianity. Next week, we have an episode coming out with Matthew Lynch, who is a professor and author. Uh, he has a book coming out called Flood and Fury that is about the violent passages in the Old Testament and how we work and reconcile those in our viewpoint of God. Uh, it was a really interesting interview. Uh, Matthew is a professor at Regent University that is in Canada. Um, you can check out more of his stuff when that episode comes out. and There will be some links in the bio. So until next time, thanks again for tuning in. I'm Blake. Thanks for listening to Rethinking Christianity. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Rethinking Christianity, you can follow us on Instagram at Rethinking Christianity Podcast, as well as on YouTube and Facebook. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.